G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And it's always a privilege on Friday morning to catch up with the legend himself, Bill Muhlenberg from Victoria. How are you, my brother? Hey, very well. Thanks, Matt. It's great to hear from you, mate. Uh, You're in the middle of lockdown in Victoria. How are you coping at the moment, mate? Yes, well, we just had the uh, Olympics where people got gold medals for breaking records. Sadly, here in Melbourne, we've broken the record for the longest, harshest, most draconian lockdown anywhere on the planet. So uh, we can give our premier gold for that, although the rest of us are uh, suffering big time as a result. So, yeah, I wish I were up north with you guys. It's, uh, you know, this freedom word. I'd like to try it one day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mate, uh, the good thing about catching up with you is that I'm always fascinated by uh, your take on things. And and you're, you're a prolific blogger. You've written some great new blogs uh, in the last uh, few days or so, and I'm really keen to touch on some of these topics that you're raising. One of them that you've just released is a blog called Big Tech, uh, sorry, Big Tech, Fascism and Freedom, about how the media and tech giants have shown their true colours in regards to restrictions. What's the latest uh, on on this blog? Yes, well, it's uh, something most of us have been pretty well aware of for quite a while now. They really are pushing agendas. They really are censoring points of view they're not happy with. They're into cancel culture big time. I mean, I certainly know this. I've been booted off of Facebook permanently. I've had videos taken down by YouTube. But yes, the latest uh, example of this is YouTube now pulling 130,000 videos with many more to come, which they say contain medical misinformation. So it seems now the folks at YouTube have become, uh, you know, authorities on healthcare and medicine, and they will now determine what is true and false, helpful and unhelpful when it comes to talking about well, anything, including COVID and how we best treat the virus. So they have now taken it upon themselves to pull all kinds of videos that, uh, well, go against their narrative, go against the official narrative. There's certainly experts out there that we should defer to, but I'd rather talk to and listen to my own doctor than have something like a big tech giant like YouTube determine what medical advice I can hear or listen to or watch. So that's just a yet another scary development where it seems that the tech giants prefer fascism over freedom. Well, it certainly is an alarming development with YouTube. And I actually just heard recently that, uh, you know, there was uh, uh, that TikTok actually is now the second largest video platform in the world behind YouTube. And mm-hmm. it's uh, certainly on the increase. But there's also been a lot of talk that TikTok is is trying to ban uh, Christian messages as well. Um, it's uh, obviously reaching the, the younger generation. Uh, just heartbreaking, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, that's a worry. There are smaller alternatives to all of these, whether YouTube or Google or Facebook, but they're very small. Uh, you know, only have a fraction of the audience that the giants have. So that really is monopoly power. It really is a draconian power in which they can control pretty much everything. I mean, I'm on a whole bunch of these smaller uh, alternative uh, media outfits like MeWe and Gab and Parler and so on. Uh, but, yeah, I, I lost uh, four and a half thousand friends when I was booted off Facebook. So just the ability to share with people, friends and others, that was taken away. And, yeah, sometimes some of these uh, smaller alternatives, they can also be a bit censorious and pushing agendas. So that that's a real worry when we really have that kind of power for just a few big tech companies to really determine uh, what information gets out into the public arena and what is uh, suppressed. So that's scary stuff. Now, another blog that you've uh, released recently is uh, actually something that's been on my heart. Um, you, you, you titled it Rebuilding the Foundations. And it's interesting, uh, I was in my uh, quiet time early this morning, Bill, and praying, and I'm, I'm preaching this Sunday, and one of the things that is on my heart to, to share about is that you know when storms hit, those with shaky foundations will fall. And we all know the, the parable uh, that Jesus told about the wise man that built his house upon the rock and the foolish man that built his house on the sand. Uh, when the storms came, the guy who heard the word of the Lord and obeyed it was the one who stood firm. And that's the key for us as Christians, to hear the word of the Lord and stand firm no matter what storms come our way. And we need a good foundation, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, without it, well, any house in the physical world is not going to stand. And it's the same spiritually. And uh, famous uh, Psalm, Psalm eleven three. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So I also I appealed to both passages, the uh, Jesus remarks and then the psalm to talk about we as Christians need to have those firm foundations. That includes, you know, sound doctrine, getting a bit of correct theology, knowing what the Bible teaches so that we don't, as Paul warned, get thrown about by every wind of doctrine. We have to stand firm, and that means having that firm foundation. And that will keep you out of, well, all kinds of trouble, including getting to the cults, getting into heresy. That is a perennial problem. And usually it's those who don't have a good foundation of biblical understanding, no basic Bible doctrine, you know, even the basics like the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. Hanging on to some of those uh, sure foundations will go a long way in keeping you from being uh, deceived and uh, led down the path of some of the cults that are out there trying to get as many people as they can. Well, it's certainly a great message that you're uh, encouraging people there with. Uh, the blog's called Rebuilding the Foundations, about uh, championing the solid rock of the Lord Jesus. Uh, certainly a, a great topic. And another one that you've uh, released is uh, is called Beware of Counterfeits. Tell us about this one. Yeah, I suppose similar in some ways. In fact, I think I may have had the same sort of topics in mind when both of those uh, articles were written, because it's the same here. There are spiritual counterfeits. There are cults. 
there are heresies. Uh, you know, we all know in the natural world, the disappointment. We think we've just bought a great deal. We got a really neat thing, whether it was a watch or a piece of jewelry or some clothing or a handbag or some runners. Oh, I got this great thing. I got these uh, Nike Air Jordans or I got a Rolex watch for really cheap. And then somebody comes along who knows a bit more than you. They say, uh, sorry, mate, actually what you've got there is a fake. You've been had. Uh, you know, it's uh, quite devastating when we learn that what we thought was the real deal turns out to be a fake uh, counterfeit. And uh, well, all the more so in the spiritual realm. There is Christian truth. God is a God of truth. But, well, the enemy is a God of lies and deception. And he's working overtime to deceive people, whether it's Christians to get them away from the Christian gospel or non-Christians to get them coming to the Christian gospel. So counterfeits are there all over the place. There's false spiritualities, there's false gospels, uh, fake doctrines and beliefs, which we have to be on guard against. So uh, just as in real life, you want to be sure what you're buying is the real deal and you're not wasting your money on a fake. Certainly in the spiritual realm, it's the same. We need to be solid, again, be on that foundation uh, so that we can spot the counterfeit. And there's this old story you've probably heard, the, the bank teller, somebody who works in the banking industry, doesn't spend a whole lot of time studying counterfeit or fake banknotes. Uh, that person knows the real deal so very well that as soon as somebody comes up with a fake bit of money, they can tell instantly, hey, sorry, Jack, this is not right. It should be the same with us. We know our Christian faith so well that we don't have to study in detail all the cults and heresies out there. We will recognize them instantly as not lining up with the biblical gospel. So that's the kind of uh, important calling each of us have as Christians. It's so good to make sure that we are not uh, led astray by lots of the counterfeits and a lot of the cults and the the different... uh, uh, religions that people follow. And one thing that you mentioned in the blog there is that, uh, you know, one of the counterfeit Gospels is a judgmentless Gospel. Mm. Uh, just unpack that for us. Yeah, well, look, there'd be plenty today uh, of uh, these kind of fake Gospels. That would be one, this idea that, you know, God is simply all loving and all merciful and all kind, and maybe everybody's going to get saved in the end anyway. Uh, certainly we shouldn't be talking about things like hell and future judgment and, uh, you know, on and on it goes. Uh, again, there's no way you can read the Gospels themselves and come up with a Gospel like this. Uh, Jesus was the one who spoke more of future judgment, of the wrath of God, of eternal punishment for those who reject him than any other person in all of Scripture. So if you want to reject this notion that God is love, yes, he is, but he is also a God of judgment, well, then you're going to be rejecting basically the gist of what Jesus was saying, let alone everything else in Scripture. So that would be just one of a number of these fake Gospels, which sadly are even impacting on many Christian churches. So I had someone ask me a question about this a while back, Bill, and I thought, 
I'll throw this one to you to see what, how, how you would respond. Yeah. You know how pastors yep. always get curly questions, you know? Yep. Um, so yep. I, I had talked about how, you know, the Bible says everything we do will come under judgment one day. Um, yep. The Bible says it's appointed once to men to die, then comes judgment, you know? And he yep. said, but you, you also said that when you come to know Jesus, all your sins are forgiven, they're in the sea of forgetfulness, and you won't be, you know, that they won't be counted against you. And I said, yeah. And I said, well, you'll also be rewarded for the good things you've done. Um, what? How would you respond if someone asks you, you know, if you're a Christian, mm. you won't be judged? Yeah. Well, there's a, probably a two-part answer to that to make it clear. Yes, it's true. If we come to Christ and receive what he's done on our behalf because of the work of uh, the finished work of Christ at Calvary, yes, we do find forgiveness. It's not based on our own works and ability. It's based on what Christ did for us, suffering for our sins. And if we receive him and what he did in faith and repentance, yeah, well, we do have this acceptance with God. We are reconciled with God. The non-Christian, of course, who doesn't do this, is still in this state of enmity with God. But yeah, as you said, uh, there's this second half. Uh, the Christian will still be judged, as Paul says, for example, Corinthians and other places, our works, what we've done for Christ. It won't be a matter of whether you get saved, but it will be a matter of rewards and so on for faithful service. He talks about wood, hay, and stubble being burned up and other things surviving. So there will be a sense in which, yes, we certainly get in because of what Christ did, his shed blood, but our service for the Lord, what we've done for him, that will be examined in as well. It won't keep us from heaven, but it may be you know, a cause of disappointment. Gee, I could have done more. I should have done better. I was living so, such a kind of a selfish Christian life. So there is that sense in which, yeah, there is a, a future judgment of works, not to decide whether we're into his presence or not, but kind of future rewards for faithful service. Mm, absolutely. And I heard one preacher once put it, uh, they said that, you know, when we die, there'll be two questions. Number one, did you believe in Jesus? And if you, if you say yes, then you then go under the second judgment. And the second question will be, what did you do with what I gave you? Mm-hmm. And then you'll be rewarded for the uh, the times that you obeyed the Lord, that you used your gifts for his glory, that you invested your talents for the kingdom of God. And, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to getting to heaven one day, Bill. Hopefully I can visit you in your mansion because it's going to be huge, I reckon. <laughs> Uh, well, I think yours might be a bit bigger. But, uh, no, 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 yeah. yours will be bigger. <laughs> now, Bill, before we wrap up, I'm curious to know your thoughts uh, about the uh, vaccination passport idea. Um, yep. Thankfully, uh, Gladys Berejiklian has said that it won't be required in from December 1 in New South Wales, and I'm glad that Gladys has taken the lead and, and spoken that out. Uh, but we're not sure what Dan Andrews and other premiers will be mm. saying on this. Of course, they're having a big meeting today, the National Cabinet's meeting today at 2 o'clock. I'm under, uh, I wouldn't mind being a fly on the wall to hear how that discussion goes. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole concept of, you know, particularly with churches? You know, there was the uh, Ezekiel Declaration released where a lot of pastors signed this saying, look, we don't want vaccination passports to prohibit people, uh, you know, from being able to come to church. What, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, well, certainly the Ezekiel Declaration and others like it were correct to say that, you know, the gospel is not determined 
how we share it and who we share it with is not determined by your vaccination status. I mean, for heaven's sakes, Jesus was ministering to lepers, the unclean, all the people the Pharisees didn't want to deal with. Imagine if Jesus said, well, sorry, unless you're... uh, You've got the vax or, uh, you know, you've got certain medical treatment. I can't spend time with you. That's the opposite of the ministry of Jesus. So certainly churches to be forced to go down that path would be the end of everything Christianity stands for in terms of presenting the gospel to all who need it. Uh, As far as individuals go, well, again, this idea of mandated, mandated medicine of any kind, all the human rights declarations and health statements of the last 75 years, certainly since World War II, have all spoken about the vital importance of informed consent, that there be no coercion, that nobody is forced to take certain medical treatments if they don't want it. And there's good reason for those kind of human rights declarations. People should be free to choose what kind of medical treatments they take and then live with the consequences thereof. When the state starts getting in the business of taking the place of your own family doctor and determining what you must do in terms of taking things into your body, that becomes a real concern indeed. And every Christian should be concerned. In fact, every non-Christian should be concerned about that kind of uh, provision of the state to demand of us what they think is in our own best interests. Um, that's uh, that's kind of brave new world type stuff. Mm. And I'm sure you've probably written some blogs on this, Bill. I sure have, quite <laughs> a few, actually. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Well, if people want to find out more of uh, Bill's commentary on this topic, I believe it's uh, important that we talk about this. And you know what, uh, Bill, one of the things that breaks my heart is that you know there are people in churches that are arguing over this stuff and anti-vaxxers mm-hmm. and pro-vaxxers and... Um, you know, um, people, families are divided over this subject. And as believers, we've got to come back to Romans 14. Let's not be a stumbling block to each other because we uh, disagree on different subjects. Let's agree to disagree, but keep ha- keep in harmony, keep in unity, keep in peace with one another. It's so important, isn't it? Mm, yeah, that's it. Mm, so good. Well, if people want to find out more, once again, the website is com, and you can uh, search up uh, Bill's blogs there and uh, reach uh, have, have a read of some of his current topics he's tackling. Always a pleasure to catch up with you, Bill. Thanks for your, for your time today. Many thanks again, Matt. God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.